twist it. I, I feel like this is the title. Should use. Welcome back to the Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast now with the mention of whiskey in its title. This is your host, Jake, speaking live from our new Key in the Lake International Recording Studio headquarters, headquarters, headquarters in the basement of my Lakeview East Chicago condo. Yeah, not an apartment condo. Get it right, everybody. Very, very particular on that. The wife is the producer of this podcast. And that is our co-host, Wilson Razor Ramon Torres. Hey, young world. We apologize for not releasing an episode last week for the first time in two years. That two-year streak is gone. Yeah, Yeah. terrible people. But we are back with, uh, we're welcoming back one of our favorite people in the whiskey industry, one of our favorite people in Chicago, and one of the favorite people, most favorite people in our life, I would say, is Ian Razor Ramon (laughs) Hozak. Oh man, I think I—I I don't think I can live up to all the hype. I uh, well, you know, Wilson's title has to be switched on and off to here and there because sometimes he doesn't come, and Brett Bauer <laughs> fills in as Razor Ramon. Um, I don't know. Callum sometimes fills in. Callum's still on suspension, by the way, in the DR, uh, not allowed to enter the U.S. until we allow him back into the states. Hopefully, we'll be back before our two-year anniversary on February twenty-fourth. Mm-hmm. We were, which we were just discussing the party planning details of the planning party committee of the Key in the Late podcast. All, all uh, two members. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just two. Well, Remy counts as a third, I guess. Yeah, Remy counts as a third. Remy, Remy counts as the she chairperson. Can, she counts. Uh, co-producer of the podcast she now. <laughs> Pets <laughs> count. Uh, but no, we are welcoming back Ian of Uncle Nearest Whiskey um, down in the great state of Tennessee to talk about life, whiskey, love, moving, not moving, pandemic, not pandemic, <laughs> really cold. Staying really cold. Staying really cold. Yeah. Oh, snow every day, Wilson. Just get used to it. Chicago winter. I don't know how you aren't used to it yet after all these years. How many years now? Me? Yeah. For what? In Chicago. All my life. 48. Okay. What about about your Miami years? Uh, That was just high school. Okay. (laughs) Doesn't count. Uh. (laughs) It was all a blur. (laughs) It was just four years. Just well, four years. Just four years, yeah. Just four years. The winters are probably de- better down there. <sighs> you can't tell what it is down there. No. You really can't. No. Hey, you're from Florida. I am. I am. He's, he's a South Florida so boy. I'm a South Florida. I'm I'm yeah, you're from you're from Miami, Florida. I'm from like like Trump, Florida. I well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kinda I kinda am uh, Palm Beach County. Palm Beach County. It's a weird little it's a weird little it's nexus. Got a, it's got a blend of a lot of good It does. Things. It's because it, it voted surprisingly liberal mm-hmm. in this last election oh, really? cycle. However, I believe Trump still took the took the crown, so to speak, in Palm Beach County. Yeah. The king will always raise the crown. Yeah. It, it's it, it's, a, it's a weird little place um, because it also gave us the 2000 election. Mm, that's crisis right. Of, yeah. Uh, of the hanging Chad. Mm, goddamn Chad. Yeah. Uh, mm. So I, I was there, you know, first 18 years, but I've actually now been in Chicago just over 15. Wow. It's been so, that long. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming on half and half. That's nice. It is nice. I fit better here. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All that right. makes sense. Actually, yeah, as you were just talking, asking me about Pappy Land before we started turning the podcast on, um, right, Thompson's new book, a lot about it is how much of history is forgotten and why the details or the current circumstance we live in today is so much in the ground of our history before us, obviously. But he was talking about why bourbon is so cemented inside of Kentucky, not just because it, you know, one of the original sites of distilling, but also with the heritage of horse track racing and farms and everything that went into the West moving forward. And I was like, you know what? 
that makes a lot of sense of why I live where I live today and being like a vagabond inside of my head my entire adolescence in Iowa. And just the minute I could leave, I did leave. Like I literally graduated mm-hmm. college, got in my car and drove to Santa Fe, New Mexico and <laughs> lived there for a while. Um, was that a good choice? I don't know. But it's it, it, it makes sense how a place doesn't make who you are, but it helps you develop who you want to become. I would I would very much agree with that because being down there I was I, I I'm I'm not a Florida boy mm. I look I look like a substitute I don't think from I, Milwaukee I don't think I believed you <laughs> <laughs> like best the personal description I've too. ever heard in my life so yeah but I think when you told me you're from Florida I didn't believe you for like the first two or three years uh, yeah well I mean and that was also when you met me uh. I was just kind of back. You just got hit by a car, too. I just, <laughs> No, I got hit by a car after I met you. <laughs> I remember, Very I close. remember that story. Yeah, yeah. No, I got hit by a car after I met you, but I had just moved back because um, I thought I was a vagabond, too, when mm. I first moved or got out of Florida. Right. Um, and it's so funny how Chicago has really been the place that I've cemented myself, but I was, I was actually just back from Europe when I met you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you yeah. were in Germany? Mm-hmm. Okay. Gosh, how can I remember that? I'm not sure. After so many whiskeys drank. It was my entire personality for three years, being having lived in Germany. Oh, yeah. I was Oh, when you, after you left? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would be yeah. the same way, for yeah, sure. absolutely. My oh, yeah. When you, go, when you go back home for the first time after like being outside of Iowa, you're like, yeah, I live in blah, blah, blah city. I'm from this city. I spend a lot of time in that place, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Insufferable. Yeah. I yeah. was. We are all dicks. But uh, as Wilson has pointed out, our first episode that you and I recorded nearly two years ago, which is yeah, pretty crazy. It is crazy. I think it was episode seven of the podcast, maybe something like that. We yeah. weren't we weren't even in double digits yet. Uh, he Wilson says it's the uh, most deep episode that we've recorded on the Keen Lake podcast. I remember. I think I, we read some poetry, maybe. I, don't, I remember <laughs> that. Really yeah. It got really deep. It was. It was. That was. The, that was where my mind was in my career at the time. Okay. There was a Makes lot sense. of. I was really thinking about um, how what career you, in life meant. How long have you been with Uncle Nearest at that point? At that point, well, I just got I just crossed two years on December first, okay, of twenty twenty. So pretty recent then. So it was still recent. You were still with Romano. No, I was oh, out Driftless, of Romano. Glenn. No, I never worked for Driftless. I repped Driftless with Romano, right. mm-hmm. uh, but no, I was with Romano when Uncle Nearest launched. Gotcha. And then gotcha. they poached you. Then they po- <laughs> yeah, they poached me, and I and I and I sprang. Yeah, well, it's, I, so I think it's the first time that just us three, because you've been on a few other podcasts when we've had a conglomerate of folks yeah. um, celebrating life and liberty. We could back in the day, <laughs> um, but this is the first time us three have sat down in front of the mics by ourselves. And our history goes back to um, a lot of our beginning in whiskey as yeah. as professionals. Back mm-hmm. back Absolutely. to Cobol when we first were all three working in there um, in various capacities and you know part time, not part time, going into full time, doing things all over the place for that. Yeah. So it's really cool to see us uh, now sitting here um, in our individual mm-hmm. paths with our individual brands, drinking yeah. whiskey and also drinking Cobol. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because you know so if. Want to not get too deep this time, maybe, but please do. When we did the first time I met you was when we did a tasting together. It was mm-hmm. my very first tasting with Koval. You were training me mm-hmm. at uh, a three D print shop. <laughs> I wish I had that shot glass still from that. I event. wish I still had that shot glass I, too. I have so I, it's somewhere here. Like I know that lost in one of the moves. Yeah, because that now has been that was two, two thousand moves. two moves for me. Fourteen. 
14? Four, 14? I think it was 14 for four. me and Jake. Spring of, oh. four, spring of 14? I think something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and what what was maybe, you know, so, so, um, poetic and interesting about that tasting was it was across the street from the job I quit to become <laughs> uh, right. a wandering artist, which was the BCG, the Boston Consulting Group offices. Mm. And then we were, I was, ta- I was pouring whiskey for that 3D print shop. With you as you train me on how to, how to how to pour whiskey how to pour whiskey <laughs> for Koval. Did I teach you anything of importance that night? I do not remember. Oh, I, it was so funny that I was training people. I was still part time then, right? And every person that I was with at events when I did this were like, "Oh, so what do you do at the rest of the time?" Like, I just do what you do, but I, <laughs> I'm gonna train you. What I remember no about that was I had no idea what I was walking into. Mm. I had never worked for a brand before. Yeah. I had only worked behind the bar. Well, that's prior right, to BCG mm-hmm. and I worked in restaurants um, and I wore a cardigan because I wanted to dress to impress that's what I remember about I and I was probably day. in a Cobalt t-shirt you were in a Cobalt t-shirt oh. I think in a button-up that you had over it okay yeah a very, a very Jake look okay um, <laughs> layered yeah but again walking in the door strong with big substitute teacher energy with that cardigan well I can remember appreciating that because the people I had trained <laughs> <laughs> previously um first of all you're the first i think the first person i had trained that knew anything about whiskey had any identity or footprint in the industry previous to that well that's not true <laughs> but worked more than at a shop bar right <laughs> i get you fair enough fair and um you didn't say this will put chest hair on your chest i have plenty i don't need to talk about it <laughs> Because I remember one guy showed up with a sandwich to a bar in Old Town, a nice bar in Old Town, and it was for like it was was a pretty nice event too. We were fortunate enough to like be part of the catering, if you will, and pouring samples and doing cocktails at the bar. Yeah, and this guy just showed up like with a sandwich and started eating and you know disheveled like clothes that were okay, like would have been appropriate if you would have ironed them, but you know. Okay. Ride your bike there in, in May, no. and you know, yeah, not a no. not a great look. And then no. it was like, oh, you didn't read any of the notes or take any of the liberties of maybe doing a tad bit of research into what this company does. And like, hey, here's Koval uh, Rye. They'll put hair in your chest. Like, no, actually, it won't. It's very smooth and very light and balanced. <laughs> well, also, I will say, as cliches and whiskey go, any cliches around whiskey that have to do with masculinity, mm. I'm kind of done with. Like, get over it, I, dude. I wish we'd bring more of it back, to be honest with you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Give me an example. Well, the hair <laughs> on your chest thing. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't, I don't, don't like that. Whiskey's sexy. Whiskey is not barbaric. Ooh. Hey, now, I do have hair on my chest. Like, yeah. let's calm down. I just don't. You're a cuddly bear. <laughs> I'm a cuddly little bear. But no, I just, I just, um, I don't like the, the bravado of it. Yeah. It can be yeah. masculine. It oh, can, for sure. I mean, sure. that's great. Place. Yeah. Of course. Just like, don't tell me it's going to put hair on my chest. Don't tell me it's a real man's drink. Cause like yeah. Ooh, 20 right. bucks says you're like not a real man or like, <laughs> not, not like, you know what I mean? You're, you're not, that's, that's not what it is. It's more than great. that. So like, let's just get rid of the, the, the masculinity whiskey and just yeah. have good bottles of whiskey yes. at this point. Yeah, Just which, have and we're fortunate to have women within our lives that are, you know, built into this industry from uh coworkers and friends and mm. confidants and wives even yeah. uh to where 
I think our minds have been resettled and reprogrammed to make sure that we are always being inclusive and mm. not even reprogram it. That's the wrong word. Just be but always having that open mind too. Well, I mean, it's a little bit. I mean, right. we, we're, we're taught something. We're, we're, I guess from our, our adolescent yeah. stages. Yeah. I mean, literally as ki- children. Yeah. To say, to say that we weren't taught certain kinds of <laughs> things around whiskey, even as adults kind of entering the industry. I mean, that's not, that's not a bad thing to say. It's just I, a I, thing to say. I can literally go back just to, less than two weeks ago and i was being a little bit of uh a machismo if you will um <laughs> via text my my mom in her had a couple of friends over and they were drinking twofold uh star wars twofold nice um you know just plug it out there for you all <laughs> shamelessly but uh um then all of a sudden just number came in saying oh this is really delicious like your mom was so nice to share it with us and i thought it was the husband of the couple no, it no, was no. the wife. It was the 58-year-old woman who was texting me that how much she loves whiskey and her and her son drink whiskey together. And I yeah. I assumed that it was the man, but it wasn't. And huh. I was put into my place. You know, now, I guess having that self-reflection lets you know, like, you're not coming from a negative place. You're not coming from some kind of a... Uh, the problem uh, is not the assumption. Right. The problem is not letting the assumption go. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fine. Right, right. Totally. But I was like, I'm like, oh, and I, I also know these people, too. And I yeah. was like... I don't picture her as a person who even drinks. So that was even kind of like shocking. That's fair. Then, That's, yeah. And also just the guys who are saying like it puts hair on your chest. It's, it's a real man's drink or something like that. And granted, I am a little bit more deprogrammed in, in, mas- in, the, in the masculinity of whiskey because um, my entire leadership board is women. Mm. You know, we're woman made, we're woman owned, we're woman operated. Yeah. So like there's a little bit of that like just kind of ingrained in my company culture and I, I'll, I'll own that. And so was our beginnings of whiskey. To- totally. It's true as well. But the guys who are telling you that it, gro- it grows hair on your chest or puts hair on your chest are, they probably don't know that much about whiskey. Mm. Beta cucks. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. No, he, this, guy, this guy didn't know anything about whiskey. Um, but no, it's funny how I was training people about whiskey. Not, I mean, not, not a good point. Part I don't know. Well, for me, so that journey, I was hired by someone, and I walked in to be trained by her on tasting. Oh yeah. And then she said, "By the way, I'm leaving." Oh yeah, Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kelsey. Um, she was awesome. Yeah, she actually lived right on the street from here. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Um, and she then she told me about her how she moved on the L by moving. Literally, she moved furniture like on piece the L. by piece. Yeah. Oh my god. Never Are you heard serious? of serious. Yeah. Never heard or seen that before. No, until I, then. I, I mean, and I've been here for 15 years. Right. Uh, and it wasn't until 2017. Yep. No, 16. 16 that I came back. <clears throat> oh, yeah, because you went to, did you go to Louisville? No, you did. Yeah, you came back in 17. I came back in 17. Yeah. I went to grad school. Oh, yeah, you're at DePaul, grad, grad yeah. school. Yeah, right. yeah, so I took I took a little bit of a break. I remember actually Wilson poking over his computer screen with us because Wilson's computers and I were facing each other. So <laughs> The backs of them. backs of them were facing each other. And he'd be like, hey, this Ian guy. Uh, <laughs> email about, he used to work here? I'm like, oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah. And that was how I got back. Yeah. And uh, and how, that, I would say, I would argue also that that's how my career really began. I would, I would say that as well. Because you yeah. started working part-time in the distillery along with being on the tasting team. And then well, his in the life, store a little bit, yeah. and also just my life perspective. His life perspective because we had him. a lot of conversations. Yeah. Mm. Um, <clears throat> life uh, led him to that. So yeah. we we I did think, what we I were think, supposed I to think do. I think Dan led you to where you are now. Oh, Dan! I <laughs> saw him recently. <laughs> oh, good. But, uh, but we were masked. Yeah, mm. and it was. But you can recognize that beard of Dan's anywhere. Well, his whole mask. Well, his whole, his whole beard. no, <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I think so. I mean, I've seen those. 
I have those not exist. seen those. I, I, I have a couple, and I don't have a big beard, but I have a big no. enough beard. A fine beard. Yeah. Um, Where you can... So it, it covers the whole thing, because if you are if you do have a, even as long as mine, which is really not that long, mm. uh, your mask can kind of like shift okay. in ways that you don't, that aren't very comfortable, like it gets to your eyes or it comes yeah. down too far. Mm-hmm. Um, so having one of those is nice because it, it stays put. Nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. That actually it does sound nice. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt your uh, your bonding moment there. So no, life, no, no. It was, that, but I agree. I, I agree with Ian. I think him with his coming back to Koval, um, I think that's where it really truly began for him. I would um, agree. He took on. He came back, and he literally came out swinging in a sense where, hey, just tell me where to go and where to be, and right. I'll be there. And yeah. he was consistently all the time on time. Um, and then he, not only that, but then he's just like, I would, what really, I felt more of a connection that very moment when it says he goes, Hey, I need to talk. So we had a conversation and then we would have several conversations to follow, um, in a sense where, Hey, as we all live our lives day to day, his was changing almost on the hour. Yeah. So we, we just needed to do what was right by him. Um, and yeah, and oh, I feel yeah. I think that's all. I mean, taking and, all and just that. to give a little framework too is because <clears throat> you were still considering or still pursuing an artistic life. Yeah, yeah, he was still performing. Yeah, he was still performing. Per- I and mean, please fill in what oh, you're performing. Yeah. How are you performing? What you're performing? Well, uh, at the what time, what your passion is. Yeah, at the time it was I was and we talked a lot about this on the first podcast. So it was opera. It's opera. Um, we had no listeners then, so let's, 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 let's <laughs> it was, run it back. It was opera. That was what my degree was in. That's what I studied. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, at the time, I graduated at 30, and um, the industry of classical music and opera in particular kind of cuts you off after a certain point. If you haven't done certain things at the age of 30, yeah. really to 33, but really 30, um, you're, you're not going to do – you're not going to achieve certain goals. And mm-hmm. – um, you have to kind of be okay with that. And I was realizing that in real time mm-hmm. in Koval mm-hmm. uh, and also realizing that, and this is not necessarily a slight to Koval that they were not going to offer to me what I needed to live, <laughs> you know, just in my career at that moment, they did not have the tools to yeah. make my life as good as it could have been. And that's just because of the nature of the brand, the nature of their, the size of their small business, small business. Exactly. And mm-hmm. just, I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't with them from the beginning. I wasn't, I took a hiatus from them even like mm-hmm. there wasn't uh, I had no priority uh, in that company for no fault of mine or theirs. Or theirs. Right. Yeah. Um, and talking to Wilson, that was when I started to really seek out an opportunity and in this industry, because also I was starting my life with my partner mm-hmm which was a couple years old at that point in the relationship, but not necessarily fully cemented. And it just changes your per- perspective and, and your needs. Yeah. Side note, who's more talented and handsome? Yes. Uh, agreed. Ian is. Oh, oh. I, was that a question? Because I oh, was no, going to say. Sta- that was a statement. Yeah, statement. <laughs> true. Nick is also a singer and mm-hmm. uh, is more talented and handsome. Uh, and, I, I, and he actually gets to do some work this year. Which oh, yeah? is pretty rare. He's been doing some recording work uh, here and there. He's doing something with uh, an ensemble here called the Lynx Project. But um, he's going down to Florida Grand Opera in Miami to do a gig in March. Miami. I know. Coming the, up big. Whoop, the Wild West. Mm. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Hey, at least there's somebody for, uh, supporting the arts. Yep. 
exactly. <laughs> and it's 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 interesting. You know, everyone has to. We're all adjusting. Yeah, we're all adjusting to COVID and how it's changed our, which is our industries. Great and, segue into <laughs> how you've adjusted with our brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Love to hear. I mean, because I see, we we text, we we talk, but I don't think we've physically seen each other since. September maybe I don't found head roof deck one time yeah you know and I'm I'm staying out of the of 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 you a little bit yeah to be um as sensible as possible and safe as possible I uh I I think of of the pandemic and what we have to do around it to be respectful especially with some of the you know we're talking about we work with so many bartenders and we work with bar owners and, and restaurant managers and the, the changes had to their life. I really, as much as possible, try to respect it. So I'm not jumping out as much as I want to. Mm. Um, and, and for that, I have had to really adjust my, my work. Yeah. My job. Cause we are people that, um, in our positions, Ian and I, we do the day trotting a little bit here and there, but, mm-hmm. Make sure to be out two to three nights a week at bars. And yeah. Well, and also, I don't know about you guys, and I, I would never speak for anyone else, but we had a pretty significant drop in the business that we did on premise with bars and restaurants. Oh, yeah, for sure. Massively. Yeah. Um, Was that a nationwide plan prior to the pandemic? And obviously, before we could foresee any of this ever happening to develop the brand on the on in the on-premise on-premise was always where we where we assumed um that that's how i would say that was definitely the ethos of the brand um coming out the gate yeah that the that the way that we were going to build this was one uh one glass at a time liquid to lips Mm -hmm. um and our strategy was really around developing uh where that was happening, acquiring as many points of distribution as possible. Um, so to, to have lost that was a big blow to our mentality around our, how we worked, how we thought about our work, and where we would go to build our brand, which is thankfully still growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're very lucky that as this was all happening, we were also uh, better entering into the retail market, mm-hmm. in, in particularly in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Which I can speak for, since we're in Illinois. Since we're in Illinois, well, since we're in Illinois, that's, that's the state I manage. Um, uh, but it, it was a it was a major shift, and yeah. there was I would say there was about two months of not really knowing how to make that shift. Yeah, I feel like there was at least two days a week, maybe a day a week, where as ambassadors, you know, representatives, whatever our titles may be, there was just nothing to do. Like you, like like I can't go to a bar. Obviously, they're all closed. Retail is open, but they're not going to see us. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not even, I'm not even taking appointments those first couple of months. Why, and why they would sh- why, and they shouldn't have? Right, yeah. Exactly. And totally be on your part or on your point is that being respective of everybody's space. That was that was the major goal. For me, I thought the more I stay away, in a way, in some essence, we're kind of developing a better relationship because you're not being pushy. Right. And mm-hmm. I know the other brands and other. Distributors went into the stores a little bit earlier than others, probably back like in May or June-ish. But for me, it was like, I, I, I don't, I'm not afraid, I guess, of the virus, but I'm afraid of giving it to somebody who could die from it. Well, I mean, I had the virus. I had the virus in April. 
Did you? Yeah. Don't think I knew that. Um, well, I didn't really at the time. I did not tell anyone. Okay. But at the time when I called my doctor and I said I I, I believe I have COVID. I believe that I'm experiencing symptoms. She said to me, just don't come in. Don't come in until you really need medical attention. And it was an issue of just the hospitals Space. couldn't, yeah, the hospitals just couldn't support that, that many, um, many people. There weren't that many tests. Yeah. And I didn't find out about um, uh, my infection or, or confirm it rather until I had an antibody test. Mm. And that was how I was able to determine that I was ill with COVID. How long after April was that? Oh, late May. Okay. Yeah, pretty, pretty early pretty early on um, because I needed to see a doctor for another reason. Did you feel bad for multiple days or? It was a nightmare. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Okay. Um, It was the worst flu I've ever had. I Mm. mean, that that, to kind of cover the gamut of symptoms. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't smell anything. Yeah. And thus couldn't taste anything except for salt, sweet, (laughs) savory, bitter, sour. Oh. Yeah, my, I never so liked. You could still drink, but uh, no, <laughs> whiskey tasted like tannins. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, oh. I, I was I was just that getting. I was just yeah. getting salty, sweet, savory, bitter, sour. I wasn't getting the salty sweetness of bacon. I was getting oh. salt. Oh, mm. yeah, that's not fun. Yeah, it was just those big kind of broad strokes, and even that was somewhat diminished. Mm. It's kind of like when, well, this time of year, when you're walking on the sidewalk, and all of a sudden they big chunk of sidewalk uh, salt just flies up into your mouth somehow. You're like, yeah. Mm. yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> it was like that, but it was like the ghost of that. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So that mm. was that was pretty terrible. And just the unending fatigue. Oh. That was, uh, I, you know, I've been sick before and I've been tired because I've been sick. Sure. I had never felt like that before. Hmm. And I was trying really hard to not let anyone know because I didn't have anything confirmed. I wasn't seeing anyone. It was just, you know, I was, we had just moved too. So we were in our new space. Uh, we didn't unpack for that first month. <laughs> we were both had it and we were both really just tired. Oh, you both. Oh God. I was just exhausted. And that was the worst part. <laughs> and there was shortness of breath. Right. Uh, but not, I, I, I never had symptoms that took me to the hospital. I was just really tired. Hmm. And then one day I had gotten better. And you know, when you recover from being sick, it's, it takes you a, a week or two to really get back into the swing of things. This took a little longer. And one day, this candle that we had in our bathroom, I would smell it every morning. And mm. one day it smelled like ketchup. It was <laughs> supposed to take like taste smell like tobacco and vanilla, but it smelled like ketchup. And I was like, it's coming back. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh man. But it was it was that was not fun. Oh. Yeah. And that was also as we're that trying to figure about out about a week. How to work? How to work? It was uh, three weeks of sick, six weeks of no smell. Oh wow! Wow, yeah. that's a long fucking time. And I would say it was actually four weeks of no spell smell with um, two weeks of of slowly coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What were you doing for work then? So that was um, uh, it, early March. When the when the shutdown first happened, they took us all out of the market immediately. Like we don't know what's going on. Right. Just, just stay out of the market. And they really, uh, Uncle Nearest did. We're we all work for smaller brands, which mm-hmm. is I think a big benefit right it, now. Yeah, we talked about this. God, that was like the Monday. Everything was shutting down. I think. Yeah, we we went out together. Yeah. Yeah. Back in March. Yeah. Where we you you mean Callum? I think. 
you, me, Brittany. That's right. Yeah. yeah, you, me, and Brittany went out. Um, but right then, they took us out and they uh, gave us some little projects. Mm-hmm. They gave us all something to do, something little. And then, uh, I think working for a smaller brand, we're just more nimble. Hmm. We can make decisions faster. Yes. Our committees are smaller. It's very votes, much a benefit of what we do. That's a very yeah. good point. Um, so we were able to, we, we started to, everyone had to write a business proposal. It had to be for their market or it had to be national. Yeah. Uh, and we just started to brainstorm as a company and we developed these committees and it, prior to this taping and to be, to be in the moment, <laughs> uh, you were talking about the virtual yeah, space. Absolutely. One of the things we do, one of the committees was um, uh, creating a virtual events committee, a virtual uh, engagement committee. Yeah. And we just started to experiment with as much as possible virtually in that time. And we were really engaging with different brands. We were engaging with our customers as best we could yeah. um, virtually at that time. I remember you actually sent me your proposal to edit it for you. Yes. And I'm like, we are doing the exact same thing, so I'm glad we we're all on the same kind of uh, page there when it comes to adjusting. And it was it was actually a confirmation that I was kind of going down the right path too. Where okay, so here's what it's going to be. This is not going to be a two week thing like we all originally. I don't think we actually thought it was going to be a two week thing. We thought a month for sure. Like, oh, you know what? To be honest with you, I was a person who thought this was going to end. I thought this can't be more than yeah. a month. Yeah, I, that's a little bit of hindsight too. What I'm yeah. saying. When I, I took it for real, and I've said this too many times on this podcast, is when the NBA shut down, and they said it was going to be for a week. And I'm like, oh, they're doing it for optics. And then they announced, we don't know when we're coming back. That's when I knew it was serious. When the NBA, when that all that billions of dollars is left on the table, okay, something for yeah. real is happening. I think a lot of people had the same had the same moment. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and you know, I'm not necessarily an NBA fan. I'm not a basketball yeah. fan, per se, but um, that's certainly a large enough endeavor right that to cancel it does not come without a lot of emails a lot of phone calls conference calls sleepless nights i mean that that's a lot of money just gone yeah and in contrast now you see the australian open being right. played now and just this week and there's fans in the stadium it's really encouraging to see that yeah, I mean, because Australia took it so serious as a, I mean, much more <sighs> diplomatic. No, <laughs> I would say more like McCarthyism <laughs> approach to it, um, where a lot of liberties that we enjoy as Americans would have been relegated to the side to make sure that the virus was defeated. Um, dr- draconian. <laughs> in some respects, uh, yeah. I, I, I hate to say it too much. That's working for an Australian company, but it, you see the you see the benefits, right. but you see the negative effects where people were literally locked out of their apartment buildings. That's not fun for weeks because they were at work and they decided to shut down these low income housing areas of Australia. I mean, that's that's yeah. just bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because they were taking it so serious, that's and the just... cops wouldn't let people back into their houses, and people were stranded for. Weeks at a time, I, I don't have clothes. I can't afford to go to a hotel for two weeks. Right. What do I do? What do you do? I mean, yeah. I think that there's been a lot of... You can't leave really your house. anyone's yeah. figured out the balance. Right, 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 right. Uh, Miami has. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so I was in Palm Beach County mm-hmm. uh, for December 
And it was kind of mind blowing and kind of shocking coming from Chicago. Yeah. Moving in. So like, you know, and, and I was, I saw my colleague who manages Florida for uncle nearest down there. So I got to talk to him a little bit about it. And he has a very interesting perspective because his wife is a respiratory nurse. So, mm. um, is, is very much on the front lines of this all, of all, all of this. And, um, you know, here in Chicago, I have not really encountered any problems uh, around mask mandates, around people behaving poorly in the world. Like, I go to Target, everyone's wearing a mask. I go to the grocery store, everyone's wearing a mask. I don't know what anyone's personal thoughts are, but everyone's wearing a mask. Everyone's mm-hmm. just kind of doing the thing that they have to do in this moment to get it done. And then I just go to Florida, and mm. it is not... It is not that culture. It right. is very much about them. I heard a lot of people talking about, you know, my rights to wear a mask. And I was, I, I get, I get afraid of that phrase. Like, like, what does that mean? Why, why bring that up? What, what are your, what rights are being imposed upon just to wear a mask at a grocery store at, at yeah. the sports bar Duffy's? Yeah. Well, Wilson was in, when Wilson was in DC on January 6th, him and his friends. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> it, no, it is really. We, I just, uh, Brittany and I were talking about that. I think just two nights, maybe last night, how we live in a bubble outside the rest of the world. Because Kelly Nakagama um, mm-hmm. from Women Who Whiskey, her and I were talking. She went home to visit her family recently in Utah, and she was wearing a mask out somewhere. And someone asked her like, why she's wearing a mask, you know? And they weren't. Yeah. She's like, well, this is what I do. I've only seen eight people without a mask on since like December. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, we don't go outside without masks on. If we're walking our dog, you wear a mask. If you're walking to the store, you wear a mask. Whereas other places that are much more open um, outside of these larger cities like L.A. and Chicago, or yeah. Chicago and New York, but also very liberal set cities, minded cities, you have a different perspective where, like, everybody else is like, oh, like, when I was in Iowa – took the dog out for a walk no one's wearing a mask i wasn't wearing a mask <laughs> because i'm in a suburb like there's no one around me if you want to right people. well there's there's an element of that yeah too. and the, the people are still respectful too like if big sidewalks that are like twice as big as ours you know like people are like oh i'll walk a little bit in the grass you walk a little bit in the grass here we go give and take but it was also being in florida and being in palm beach um with my family who has a very different perspective on all of this than i do mostly mm. because i i live in a major urban area right and i think that also has not only just the liberal factor but you know Chicago condensed very factor so it's it's condensed exactly just a different perspective um what i realized all of these changes that i've made month after month if i hear of the word pivot one more time i'm Ooh. going to develop another ulcer how did you pivot <laughs> online ian yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but i've been i've been pivoting a lot and talking to my colleague who has also pivoted a lot don't get me wrong in Miami, it, it, he's actually in Tampa, but okay. he handles the whole state. And yet, we just we just brought someone on for South Florida. They don't have that same. They right. don't have the same restrictions. Oh yeah, yeah. they are living a very different life than we are, and it's just the nature of the beast. I guess it, yeah. I can't really com- comment on it. But I'm ta- no, I, I I totally agree with you and understand and empathize because when I'm on my phone call with my new, my uh, Texas team, they're like, "What's all wrong with you guys up there?" Yeah, yeah, they, it's just different. Like they, like, oh, you're having the same numbers we are, but you're just not paying attention to them as much. It was, just, it was just interesting, and 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 asking how we pivoted. Well, a lot of what's happening now in Chicago is in a virtual space. Yeah, a lot of what's happening for our company nationally is in a virtual space. Mm-hmm. Um, Which begs the question: Why did we avoid it until a pandemic? You know, because there was it was always there. Well, I think, I mean, I, 
my answer to that, and I, I've been thinking about this a lot, mm-hmm. having also come from the world of classical music, which is like four or five gener- technological generations behind. Yeah. We are two or three technological generations behind as the whiskey industry because it is such a, a industry based in history and lore. Mm. We try to hold on to that history mm. a little bit. We behave, we're not behaving like an energy drink, even though we're both beverage, even though we're both operating sales in a similar way. Yeah. Or our sales team in a similar way, uh, the energy drink sector is new, and they embrace technology. They embrace that change. We are old. We yeah, we're have, old school. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, old they school. also didn't have the forum to literally go into a place where thirty people could be sitting there, and you could buy them an energy drink like you can in a bar, or you could in a bar. Right. Yeah. So I think that that uh, uh, the nature of where our our commodity is consumed has a lot to do with it. I also think that the history of our industry and what looks authentic is older. It behaves older. It's one of the very few industries that attack all five senses. Okay. In a sense where you have to have those involved. You can't get that virtually. You, you know, you, you can present it however you possible yeah. do, with technology and, yeah. you know, especially those higher budgeted brands that have the ability to put together some great programming. But for us as small brand representatives, we truly trust and we put all of our eggs into the five senses. It's the way it looks. It's the way it feels, the smell, the taste, yeah. you know, the words that are exchanged, which is the hearing aspect. So you you it's hmm. it's not ignored on purpose. It's just not part of how we do business. It isn't, and also, I mean, not every bottle is like this. My bottle is very traditional looking, mm-hmm. and we're and we have a traditional bottle for a very particular reason. We want you to think of a historical element because, mm-hmm. also talking the history, pocket, yeah. the, the history, history of, this, of, of this person, please, and this yeah, brand. Go, please go, yes, um, yeah. And you know, Starward is a pretty modern label. But there's still something very classic about it, and it still looks like a wine bottle or a Chianti bottle, or yeah. you know, it, it still Which has various elements of our owner's history versus, and also combining what the elements of what the what's inside of the bottle. Exactly, we as brands have to leech on to the past because that's what our consumer finds authentic, mm-hmm. and it's important, right? You know, even if it's subtle, even you know, I look at your bottle and I see, I see a strong hint to wine. Mm-hmm. That's because I look at bottles and I look for, <laughs> I look for the influences, right. but that still translates even subconsciously to your, to our, our, our consumers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your bottle is a very traditional shape. Yes. And it's a beautiful label and it kind of, I think straddles that modern and, and classic. It does. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well also intertwining kind of the play on words too. And the play on words as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But why did it take us a pandemic for our industry to hit the, the, the web sector? Which it, it also it. not only did it take that, but it also made companies that have been around for generation to generation, not all of them, the bigger ones obviously, yeah. but take advantage of the people that are working for them today, mm-hmm. that are in part of the millennial generation, and whatever the generation above us is called. X. X X is above us, Z is below us. Yeah, so mostly we're mostly millennial, mostly X, <laughs> but those are two generations that are very heavily involved in online communities 
Mm-hmm. And obviously, Generation Z below us is too, but um, that's a whole different story because we don't dance with whiskey. So, <laughs> <laughs> But we were also very um, keen on seeing, listening, researching out people's thoughts on onli- uh, and online communities, especially yeah. on Instagram today, which has become very heavily involved with the whiskey world. I think the whiskey world, but I think just in general... Um, especially anyone trading a good. Yeah. Instagram is the platform. Which has become now, it really all it is, is it's a it's shop. A, it's a shop. Yeah, it's, it's a, a mall. Now. It's totally a mall. Mm. Um, but even with Instagram, yes, now especially there are strong video components. But for the longest time, that platform was based on a visual medium that was still. Yeah. You can create any story you want in a still frame that has nothing to do with the present day. You can take someone way back. And I do think that I, I do think just the nature of our industry and the history of it, it has slowed us down to coming into the mm-hmm. virtual space. We had to, and it's interesting to see what brands have done to accommodate that. And the beautiful yeah. thing too yeah. about it is we can combine that history, that storytelling element that we so reliably, so heavily key or rely on um, when it comes to presenting our brands and talking about whiskey, but putting it into a little a literal virtual a visual manner. And have that there where we can represent our brands through pictures and whatever you want it to be. It could be video, it can be yeah. pictures, it can be moving pictures. And have that element still presented there while preserving the history and teaching people about whiskey in our individual brands. I'm also, I want to ask a question for you guys. Yeah. You know, now I've been doing things online for almost a year. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. A lot of what I do, I personally do online, is private. Um, I'm inviting people into a room. I'm having an event with them. They have my whiskey with them. I have them for an hour to three hours. You know, I have... You mean like a Zoom element? It's a Zoom element, yeah. Or yeah, whatever whatever platform they're utilizing. Are you Clubhouse yet? What? Are you Clubhouse yet? No. Oh, do we invite you? Because King of the Lakes on Clubhouse. Oh, just, we are? Yeah. Oh. Just, I mean... Sure. Uh, I don't know anything about it. I don't know. I mean, I I've am, heard of it. I don't. I am ignorant to it. Um, as I am. Like, let's get onto the clubhouse. That yeah. sounds kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but I do a lot of that. That's a lot of where my engagement mm. happens. Um, but it's interesting to see the technology either not or catch up to mm. our needs. And I'm specifically calling out Instagram Live. Oh, <laughs> which we've, I mean, Chris Blantner, urban bourbonist, who, uh, I think is the most prolific social media person we've had in this podcast and yeah. spokesperson for this podcast, I guess. I don't know what to call Chris. With the, I mean, he's involved. <laughs> friend um, of the pod. Friend of the pod. There we go. Uh, shout out to everybody there who listens to all the political podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was just saying, should we do it? Is that trademark? Do we have to, uh, do we have we to might, them? We might. We might. Because we don't make any money yet. Um, but him and I have had multiple conversations about how Instagram live has totally missed out on this opportunity to involve multiple people inside a conversation at a time. Like it's, it, it's ridiculous. Well, and the limitations of the camera, but it's not, it's not even that it's tech, it, they have technology developed already, but it's actually implementing it. Yeah. Even if you add one more person, like if you have three people versus two on an Instagram live, the amount that brings in of people from the outside, you know, they don't aren't followers of those two people and then bring them in. So yeah. I have Chris and Mikey on Sunday Night Fights do Instagram Live 
um, with those two, but bringing just one of the brand representatives, that brings in a whole new flood of people because the, all of a sudden, like, oh, uh, Wilson from Union Horse uh, Distilling Co. is on Instagram Live with Sunday Night Fights with Chris Blantner and Mikey Pinstripes, and they have a combined, like, 20,000 followers, and then Wilson brings in his 1,000 followers, and they are f- probably somewhat affiliated or mm. fans of the brand that he represents just to bring some more of a crowd. But I, I think one of the, the elements in regards to the technology we're talking about right now is the personal side of things, I think also mm. has to play with, Good point. Um, mm-hmm. with the platform, but also back to the whiskey. We drink certain things of all you know, from wine to spirits to be- and beer, we all drink things Shout from high a life. personal perspective. It's Everything is personal. We drink high life because we like to drink high life with our whiskey. It's light, balanced, and easy. Like, yeah. But do we drink it outside of that? No, it's a personal choice. It's a personal preference. You know, the whiskey that we're drinking today... You know, it's a personal like, and then it's a it's it's a it's a person who we like. It's like we're going to drink his whiskey or yeah. her whiskey. It's a personal tie, and I think that's. I honestly don't think Instagram is missing out. I just feel that they're really, they're 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 just holding on to what they started, and these are personal photographs or per, per, personal yeah. captions that prompted them to share with someone else hmm. you know it's always it's 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 solidified in a personal uh tie to things and i don't i, I at least that's how i view and i get that Instagram. because the second you greatly change something you could maybe even change the mission a little bit yeah and you and then it, it becomes impersonable mm-hmm. so i was like you know what i it's true used to they're, like they're, almost, they're almost like fake documents of of life yeah. In a way, because they're all online yeah. in the cloud mm-hmm. versus being there, you know, as a Polaroid or as a real photograph Correct. printed that you mm-hmm. would normally keep when you walk in. And if you were to walk into your room when you were 15, 13, 12, we all had photographs of some sorts, possibly oh, yeah. maybe a poster or actually something printed. I'm going to I'm, gonna I'm sorry. I'm out. sorry for the blank walls. It's okay. you, it's <laughs> we have one over there. You got a picture. You got a picture uh, in my 15 year old room. Yeah. My dad and I hung um, beadboard as wainscoting yeah. throughout my room. Yeah. And so there was this one section. I had my amp and my bass and my keyboard kind of right there. And Sweet. I took painter's tape and I taped up like in the four corners all these different pictures from like high school and middle school because right. it was my room. It's your it was, room. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it's that personal. So you're sharing that. So it's it's like, hey, I, I, I took a glimpse of this. Or if there was always an image involved and that's become personable. Yeah, so are our relics. So are our relics as well. Mm-hmm. Where are they? I mean, that's uh, part of where it comes where from. Where are those? Yeah. Well, where it's are it's in the glass. Right. It's in, in the, the bottle. In the bottle, mm-hmm. in the glass. Which is also, you know, I said I do a lot on Zoom. I do a lot of personal tastings. I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. When I'm doing, when we're in that area, yeah. or we're, we're, we're using that platform, mm-hmm. I'm more able to get you the glass. Yeah, and I'm more able to get you that ex- that tactical experience around the whiskey. Mm-hmm. How many classes are you doing a week? A week, it really varies. Um, one ish on average. Uh, I would say one to two. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it it fell off in the new year a little bit, mm-hmm. especially before the end of of last year. Mm-hmm. I was doing quite a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Some I was setting up myself. We. Uncle Nearest being so storied in in the person and in the history of, of, of who inspires the whiskey, we have a lot of people coming to us asking for it. Like you know, we'll have corporate 
um, oh, cool. corporate people are asking for these kind of experiences. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, that's and amazing. So, you know, New Year, New Year, New You, people have kind of fallen off that a little bit. Um, but it's picking back up, especially now with Black History Month hitting hitting uh, hitting us oh, hard. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, man, it's been it's been an interesting month with not enough whiskey in it, and I'm just I'm a little slow to get that whiskey out. But uh, we have <laughs> Women's History Month next, and we do have an all women leadership, so we have a lot of stuff coming up. Good, yeah. It's 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 one of those things where you know uh, back to the personal point, like you're doing these wonderful like presentations Mm -hmm. you know with corporations and then with groups um and it's only 30 people at a time max yeah so i mean and that can that's still intimate you know because of because of the um platform that we're using but i i've been thinking about that and i've started to do and at least this year started to do more individual um tastings Or in a sense where... How do you, what do you mean? So if I... I Because of, you know, I, I think one of the things I've learned about social media is like, it's not just a post. <laughs> it's not just no. a, look at my picture. It's a follow-up. It it, correct. It's the follow-up on it. So what I have found is that anytime that, a, you know, my specific brand into using a, in a shame, shameless uh, plug, if it's Union hashtag... Horse Distilling Co. If it's used in their, uh, in their caption or whatever the hell... I follow up. Say, hey, yeah, that let me get you some things. That's Let's, not shameless. That's responsible. That's, well, that's, that's what you should be. That's you the know, so it becomes personal again. That's our that's our on premise experience right now. That's the on premise experience. It Thank very you very much. much. And then also the off because huh? how many time how many people do you talk to at Benny's on a tasting? Let's call it a Friday afternoon. Mm, um, how many how many times how many people would you say on average do you talk to? Uh, probably fifty to sixty. Okay, yeah, I would say I would say thirty meaningful twenty. Whatever pa- more passing, one hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. All right. Good so way of breaking it down. Yeah, yeah. And that experience, and then that moment with that individual is how long in, ta- in time? If you're lucky, you get three minutes. I would, I, I, I would go a little further. Think but so? I, I, uh, I look them in the eye and I don't let go. <laughs> no, I think that. Yeah, that, I would say that's. I was thinking average. Sorry, I was thinking average. Okay. average. Yeah, sure. I would, On average, I would, I would average. actually say five. Yes. For meaningful. Yes. Five. Yes. Five minutes of meaningful conversation. Because yeah. there's okay. gonna be if you have three whiskeys like, um, I have, and you have anywhere between. I have three or four. Three or four, sure. maybe five. If you're doing maybe. a single barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you're getting somebody wants to taste all three. That mm-hmm. is gonna do it in thirty seconds. Also, <laughs> yeah. And you're gonna somebody wants to taste all three and like right. be there like taste it like ah. I'm here playing the game, but I'm not going to buy any of these, but I'm here to taste. And then you have some, so that's going to be like around a minute and a half to two minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you get somebody who's like, I want to try all three of these. I'm going to buy a bottle at the end of the day. And that's going to be your five-minute marker. It's totally your five-minute marker. Also, then you are you – I do count couples separately. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm engaging with Same. with two right. people, you know. Uh, because as we established, women don't drink whiskey on this podcast. <laughs> they don't. Why don't they? I didn't mean that. <laughs> I didn't mean that anyone. But that's that's exactly my point. So why not take that very same experience yeah. and take it into a mo- on, into the virtual re- arena? So mm. what I do is, hey, you have you know you're familiar. Hey, I was like, oh, because people say it. People are online or they just have so much more confidence in themselves. When oh, it's yeah. where it's anonymous, to yeah. A so just like, hey, I'm like, man, I haven't had that. That looks really good. So I'll like DM them. I'll slide into the little DM. Oh my god! I was like, hey, how about I get you a couple little pours? You, you know what I'm saying? No, I mean, yeah, but not not for me. 
I mean, so and, so make it a cool. group. That's awesome. So collect. So oh, collect. So you're, you're not doing it like one on one, but maybe like one like five people. Oh, I've done one on one tastings. Oh, really? Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Really cool. So I, I take that. that five minute. That's why I ask, how, what's the average time that you spend with people when we do tastings? And well, I agree I mean, with both I mean, of you. It's it's, it's different. That segues great into a personal plug of ours. I mean, how we're having an individual. Yeah. We're having a Kina Lake tasting yeah. to celebrate two years of this podcast right. on March fifth. You can um, <laughs> you can enter to you. win on fifteen uh, of you is going to be able to hang out with us for. Right. However long it goes, not you only know? that we're doing it blind tasting. There you go. Ooh, it's fun. even yeah. Right. So we have a Scotch, a, a New World whiskey, yeah. and you know American whiskey. And that's another thing. I mean, why make it so that you try to? The thing that I really observe is people. We know what we like. We go to what we like. But mm. when we're looking for something new, why tell you what it is? Why not just try it? Mm-hmm. So when we mm. send out these sample packs. They're blind. There's nothing that tells you what it is, except that you know it's a little bit of whiskey and a little bit of vial in a vial that you are going to try on your own time. But when you do it one-on-one, it's even much more fun. Oh, well, you know. Something that I think Koval certainly taught me, I would ask if you guys got a similar, learned a similar lesson from working for a small brand and a family-owned business. Um, and and I would say- too. Woman owned, but I would also say reinforced with my time at Uncle Nearest, and and for the uh, for the opposite reason, reinforced my time as a distributor, where I would get whiskeys coming across or just any spirits coming across my desk, and those were all tasty, every single one. But what I will say, and and not not to name a not to name a brand, not to name any whiskey that I did or did not represent at my time with Romano or or, or any other company I worked for. Um, the storytelling element, yes. that individual moment, is yeah. so important for so our important. consumers. Another reason why I think it's taken us longer to get virtual mm. is yeah. because because of that personal touch. Again, that it, personal touch. It, it those those festivals space. where people are coming around, world of whiskeys. Yeah. You know, we're not going to be able to be in person this year. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the the whiskeys that I remember engaging with the most are the oh, whiskeys yeah. that spoke to me the most exactly. and engaged with me the most. That's, right. I mean, that's honestly why Callum is one of my good friends because it was uh, before him because the marvelous, handsome Alan Clark, the his predecessor of <laughs> Abelauer <laughs> here in Chicago. Um, I had known of Abelauer. I'm sure I had had Abelauer at some point, but he literally pulled Brittany and I out at an event, I think actually at Chicago... Uh, uh, magazine Barrel Night. Oh, nice. Yeah, back at the old location down in the Pilsen. South Side. Was it in Pilsen before? It was kind of in between. Barrel Night? No, it was in uh, Bridgeport. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, he's like, guys, come over. You know, his gregarious self and tasted it. And then I was like, literally, like, hey, I just started a whiskey podcast. Would you want to come on? He's like, can we like, and he's like, can we like hang out? I just moved here to America <laughs> and he's like looking for friends. And yeah. I, that, that personal touch, that one-on-one interaction was so key. And then when he left and unfortunately Callum took his place, <laughs> <laughs> uh, their PR company reached out to us and did, wanted to do a podcast with him. And it was, you know, instantaneous, like, okay, like this person also gets it and is in love with the same things about this industry. So am I, we have a like-minded um, thought process on life overall, but so many of our friends are like that. And you're, you're almost in a way picking out friends when you're going to taste a whiskey. Absolutely. Because I mean, pr- people want to see 
themselves in the people pouring the bottles, yeah. telling the stories. They mm-hmm. want to relate to you. Right. I and they want to share. And that's yeah. the thing, too, about being personal. You yeah. want to share the same experience. It's the reason why I have, like, three pin hooks yeah. on my on my shelf, because there's been a built, built-in experience with that brand, mm-hmm. not even just through the owners, but just um, through online, you know, like about yeah. how – really being transparent about who they are and what they do and what they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that builds a relationship with me as a buyer. And the intention behind yeah. everything yeah. that we do is also really key in, in how we do it. So it's really key in the lake. It's building it's it's truly building community <laughs> it's community building. Um at its grass at the most grassroots level. I've done tastings as well that where we like, hey, do you do you have you have to have five to ten friends that like whiskey too. It's like, well, yeah. You know, and I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to pair you up with this group over here. So let's let's bring you all together. Mm-hmm. You know yes. what I'm saying? So and that's the thing. It's like you have to, it, as, as you mentioned earlier into, into this current cast, the community building, but also the inclusiveness that we um, that we try to uh, also um, promote, not only in whiskey, but in our lives is just, you know, why not? share it why not bring it you know why not own well, it's, it all it's, in? A, it's a social experience yeah so why i mean not? it can be a solitary experience it could we, be. we've all had it could be we've all had a, a dram alone for sure yeah absolutely what are you talking about yeah absolutely every now every now everyone again. every once in a while yeah every, you absolutely. know when you curl up with a good alfred hitchcock movie oh Oh my! With a blanket, mm. it's a <laughs> whole moment. Reminds me of an essay. A weighted, in <laughs> a weighted blanket, by the way. A weighted, a weighted blanket. blanket. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. This but, time of year, but it is a, it is a social experience. Yeah. Um, it's been ingrained in us that it's a social experience from our commercials to <laughs> our careers and how we've experienced our jobs and the people we're around. It's it is a social yeah. commodity. It's been ingrained, but wouldn't you always agree to it's a better experience? Yes, absolutely. Do we always need? A, is there a, is there a time and place to come home, have a drink by yourself, to unwind and relax? Absolutely, hundred percent. Absolutely. I mean, but, that's what they did in the forties and fifties and sixties. They came home and had a drink. But what? what but, but what do you? But what do you remember <laughs> the most <laughs> about drinking? It's those good times. It's those good times with others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I th- that's a that's a huge part of it. Um, you were talking about uh, about that social experience. I think that also has hindered our entry into virtual uh, places, virtual spaces, um, because it's not, I've, uh, I don't know about you guys. I am naturally, I, I am not good at self-promotion. It's just not how I operate. And so social media feels like self-promotion. I think yes. that's a little part of it for me at least. Sure. Yeah. And I've been talking a lot to um, a very, a very old and, and good friend of mine, does a lot of uh, uh, visual work and social media work for Sephora. Huh. Mm, yeah. And she's taught me a lot about how, how to engage in these platforms. And she doesn't even realize how much she's taught me just by virtue <laughs> of talking about her job and, yeah. and helping me kind of develop my own identity online. Um, she's taught me a lot. And when you're doing something that is like with Sephora, it's the beauty sector. It's, it's very visual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It fits better. Very hands on too, I assume. Very hands on, but it fits better. Like, yes, you can you can show a tutorial. Yes, you can show a video. You can talk about the product, but by virtue of seeing somebody looking beautiful with a beauty mm-hmm. product, mm-hmm. it 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 fits that medium. Better. You want to be that person. You want to be that person. Yeah, it looks good on Instagram. It looks good on their website. It looks yeah. good on a bus flyer. You know, it, it, sure. it just looks good kind of everywhere. Whereas with whiskey, you can make it look good, but there's still that that missing element of it in your hand. Yeah. 
Liquid um, to lips. Liquid to lips. Liquid to lips. That's that's the that's the way to build a brand or yeah. to to build a whiskey brand for sure. Or at least for us, yeah. for the three of us, yeah, right. for our three brands. Um, I always say any brand. You know. Well, I mean that well, uh, that community that we're capturing, we're missing, and we're still hopefully yeah. going to be this weekend at forty percent capacity in Chicago for our bars and restaurants. Um, hopefully, yeah. yeah I hope Fingers so. crossed um, for mm-hmm. all of our brethren in the industry. And we're missing that personal element, that personal connection, that w- not one-on-one, but that group mentality. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what the virtual space, I, I mean, I rely on it very heavily for my job, too. That's what pays my bills right now is virtual space. Mm-hmm. But we're still losing that interaction, I think. And some whiskey groups, I have I have been on one that stands out. They have done the personal reaction on their whiskey group better than the other 20 to 30 other virtual tastings I've done mm-hmm. over the last couple of months better than anybody else. And it's also because a lot of them are friends and they've been friends for generations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've been friends going out to bars and drinking together um, probably before I ever even moved to Chicago yeah. 10, wow. t- 10, 11 years ago. So it, they have that built in trust, that built in relationship already there. Mm-hmm. But the way they conducted that virtual tasting was better than anybody else. And there's been some that have done an, achieved a really great way by kind of curating the conversation and monitoring it. Mm-hmm. And there's something that's like, hey, welcome, Jake. Go talk, Jake. <laughs> you know, like, okay. So. I, um, I had one. I had I had one group, and it was a corporate group, and I'm not going to name names. <laughs> but um, for the, I've, I've done a number. It was of, Trump Tower. It was Trump Tower. No, it was not Trump Tower. It was, <laughs> it was, um, it was a tech company. Yeah. And uh, I've done a number of tastings with them. They've been great. Uh, this tasting actually was great. It mm-hmm. ultimately was great. Yeah. But the the moderators uh, for for that event were uh, they're always different because it's, it's based on their region. So who's who's conducting business in what region? Mm-hmm. And this guy, he was very he was fun. He was gregarious. He was enjoyable. He was a whiskey fan too. So mm-hmm. he was interested in what I, what I was doing and what the group was going to be experiencing. Anyways, and that's great. Um, and you know. A lot of this is now on the virtual space. That's a corporate event. We did a lot of like like play the name game kind of thing. We did a little bit of Red Robin just to kind of break the ice, get people communicating and talking and comfortable with talking on Zoom. It's just, I think, a huge part of, yeah. of doing anything in a, like a virtual tasting at all. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I'll, I'll ask them what their favorite whiskey was. And then someone said it a joke, like, well, ask them what their, their least favorite whiskey is. It's kind of funny. And then someone else made another joke, and they said, "Ask them what their worst experience with whiskey is." <laughs> and I said, "That's a funny question." And he said, "Yeah, it is a funny question." And then he asked all three questions. So that Red Robin, <laughs> that name game, with that thirty-person group, took a long the entire taste. It was the entire time. I'm like, well, now I have five minutes. Yeah. Uncle nearest. Uncle nearest. Uncle nearest. Uh, drink have your fun. whiskey. No, actually, and we we had a full tasting, and that group was really engaged. They were really good, but man, you got to be really careful. And that's something I think um, that being virtual has taught me. You need to be, again, I think authenticity around a brand is really important. It's it's what sells brands. It's mm. what keeps people interested in brands. That's really significant. But also structure. Yeah. We need structure in these spaces because you can get so out of control. When you're in a, a, a in-person environment, mm-hmm. if I'm conducting a tasting, mm-hmm. there's already a level of I am the teacher, you are the student right. in this I moment, look at me, mm-hmm. we're going to go through this. Right. And then th- that engagement can be done more naturally. But with Zoom, there, there's lag. With Instagram Live, there's a little bit of a lag, you know, kind of wherever mm-hmm. this is happening. 
And there's a, there's a live chat going on. There's so a people live chat. Are, you have yeah. to be engaged with that. So you have to introduce <clears throat> structure without changing your personality, without changing the personality of your brand and being a true, authentic person. And that can be really challenging. Well, yeah, that's we a, touched br- on that. That's a brilliant point because yeah. uh, I have been developing a plan to actually introduce a key in the lake whiskey tasting where we'll have brands of our friends, like mm-hmm. Nolan Nearest, like Union Horse, um, other friends of ours, bring their brands to us and I will conduct a virtual tasting through key in the lake with three brands represented um, from their various distillers or mm-hmm. brand ambassadors. And that way we'll have in 20, 25 guests, how many do we decide, but bring in, hopefully bring in that bar experience, but also like you said, a constructed coordinated experience it, where someone is controlling the atmosphere. It it. Every, people want to make decisions, yeah. but they want mm. to make decisions from a list. Yeah. They don't want to tell you what they mm. want. They want to tell you what they want from your selection of menus. Right. Like, and, <laughs> And, and I think that we need to rem- we need to remember that that there there is a need for structure in those kinds of things, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's where you know Uncle Nearest. We did a lot of shows in the very beginning of this pandemic online, a lot of YouTube shows. Um, oh, yeah. We were introduced. We were interviewing different brands, brand ambassadors, or you know, we had Lynn House on was one of our guests. She's the that, uh, actually, national yeah. educator for Heaven Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, People like that. So it was two brands engaging, and that was really great. But something where we kind of stumbled was not necessarily having a concise plan. And we just had something every day. Mm. And then from that, we whittled it down. We whittled it down to what was truly successful and, oh. what, and what was working for us. Yeah. Because if you just have everything, it becomes chaos. Right. That's a good point. If you if you allow it to keep going. Yeah. That path. And that's right. and that's the thing too. We talked about this the other day when we were at Bitter Pops, where it's like we in we d- we have enabled everyone to come into these spaces and just go ham. You yeah. know, because virtual spaces. Virtual spaces. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. And so now we need to now control it because now it's getting to a point where it's like. Well, that's because everybody ha- everybody's a part of a whiskey group now. If yeah. You, if you drink whiskey, you're part of a whiskey group. And yeah. Like, I, I will come in. If you invite me, I'll come in. I'll, yeah, I'm not gonna, absolutely. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no to you. Because yeah. we, that's, that's where we, A, where we're kind of at as brands, but it's also, it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's, an, it's an opportunity to present your brand. And even if one person goes and buys a bottle, it's an hour of my time, 20 people in there. Okay. Like, is it is it always worth it? Maybe not, but... At the same time, you're still getting your brand out there. I mean, yeah, I I don't think an hour spent with a group is ever right. poorly spent. Right. I mm-hmm. think sometimes money spent. That, that's the thing. That's is, what I, that's is, what I was getting at. Yeah. I think I think money spent is is more um, significant. How many you know? What are you spending your money on? How many bottles of whiskey do I have to buy or to make know? that back up? Yeah. Right? But to spend an hour and pour through half a bottle. No. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely not. worth it because you have if you have six people who know about your whiskey, you have you, you have six more fans. You know, yeah. like that's mm. worth it to me. You're not pouring through a half bottle with it's six people. It's better than going. It's better than going to a a smaller retail store on a Friday night and ten people come to the store and six of them taste your whiskey and no one buys a bottle. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. At least you're reaching. At least you're having eyes on you of twenty yeah. people at one time for an hour. But if you think about this, the circumstance, like that initial that scenario, it's so different than what it is now virtually. Because now virtually, it's on their time. Right. Well, mm. another thing about you virtual, know what I'm saying about the virtual space, and I keep calling it sector and space, and I'm sorry I sound no. so uncomfortable. <laughs> but one thing about that virtual space is that we can say as brands, which I think is a good thing, 
great. You want to do this? Here's the cost of the bottle. Hmm. This is what we need for your guests. This is what we need right. to mm-hmm. make happen. And I don't think, you know, no, we don't need to be making people buy bottles. That's not the point. We don't have to make money, but it's, cover the it's a controlled, it's a controlled moment mm-hmm. where not only are people engaging in a way, and maybe, maybe that cost uh, falls to the participant. Maybe that cost falls to, in some of my cases, the corporate accounts that we, clients that we've been working mm-hmm. with, or mm-hmm. maybe it falls to a whiskey club yeah. membership, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it falls to. It makes them accountable. It makes it, it, it holds them accountable. You're, you're, you're moving bottles into people's hands and that's really important, especially right mm-hmm. now. Um, and, I, and I like that. I like that sense of control. And then no one's coming into something uh, uh, with the assumption that they have to then spend in you know my case forty five fifty five dollars yeah. right sixty sixty dollars sixty five dollars in some cases Same. you know mm-hmm. that's a that's a big that's a big impulse buy yeah um, I was you know, I was just at one of our local liquor stores today and their sales section was fully restocked and I'm looking I'm like oh I could buy that fifty dollar bottle I could buy that fifty dollar bottle that was one hundred and ten dollars now is on the fifty. I buy that thirty dollar bottle that was forty five, and I'm thinking like these are all impulse buys. Like never had any intent to go in there other than just to do work. Right. And right. all of a sudden like, you see the sales um, shelf, and you're like, well, I could have myself a nice little weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I do like that. And then the people who are engaging, the people who are buying, know what they're getting themselves into. Right. You mm-hmm. know, you're not you're not blindsiding anyone. No. You know. Um, it's almost become like QVC. Mm. <laughs> Very much has become QVC. Almost know? is is you're being too kind. Right? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, straight up QVC. I mean, yeah, because I mean, how many times you know? I mean, because now you have to bring Chris back into the conversation as far as an example. Now the you urban bourbonist, the urban bourbonist, the urban bourbonist. You know, or as one uh, posted today, the Chicago mayor of of of, of bourbon. Someone wrote about him today on Instagram. Mr. Mayor. Yeah. Mr. Mayor. Mayor. I did a little bow. (laughs) Mr. Mayor. So fancy. So cordial. There it is. (laughs) It's one of those things where now there is now a uh, transactional system that's been, I don't know how to, the proper word. No, transactional system. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's evolved along with this virtual, you know, space where it's like, hey, that's not available in my state. Can you hook me up? Mm. You know? That's interesting. Now the transaction, there. now there's a different system like the Venmo and, and, yeah. and the PayPal's and the you Re- know direct no, payments with Zelle. No one, if, if someone DMs you and asks like, "Hey, I don't have your whiskey in my state. Can you send me a bottle? Here's my Venmo number." Yeah, like, you're not gonna say no. I mean, I'm gonna on this podcast where my bosses are listening. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but one I'm gonna say that, no too. That, As you know, I will say no, but I, was, I I always mention. I was like, I'm sure there's someone in this group or within your fr- your your circle of friends on Instagram yeah. that can help you with that. But I personally am not. I mean, going I mean, to say do that. you say no, but maybe a friend could help you out and say yes. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yes. yeah. but uh, you know. You, you had said how you, you had asked me uh, before this, how has Uncle Nearest mm-hmm. utilized virtual mediums? Mm-hmm. How, how have we pivoted in that way? We had a game plan <laughs> for this podcast. We had a game plan. Um, but <laughs> another thing I think that came out of that, came up with that kind of simultaneously was our virtual work coincided with the business we were doing in e-commerce, how yes. we were engaging with e-commerce yes. platforms, which e-commerce platforms we chose to do not just business with, but really partner with and, yeah. and work with. And so, uh, you know, for us, Reserve Bar has been really significant hmm. because Reserve Bar can get bottles to people legally. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I do have those people who can email. I don't. I can't find it in my small town. I'm like, well, just look a little harder. But yeah. also, um, here's Reserve Bar. It ships to you. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know, for us actually, it's a pretty good price. There's shipping cost associated of to course. it. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, but at least uh, as far as the price on the website, it's not too different than what's on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, or too dissimilar to what's on the shelf, and that's been really great. And that's part of what has helped our virtual work really thrive mm. is that from that we have a place where people can go yeah if they mm-hmm. didn't have a bottle with them or they were given a sample or they were given a sample bottle but they want a second or they only got one of our our expressions they want the other expression well here you go here's here's reserve bar and that that um uh uh shopping cart yeah, yeah. has let our virtual work thrive well and that's the thing too like if you're going to do a virtual experience Make sure you have an e-retailer along with it because it's it's almost pointless the way if you're gonna do a, if you're gonna do a, a tasting yeah. with twenty people, thirty people, forty people. Yeah. If you don't have a retailer that can get to them through e-commerce, mm-hmm. it's it's well, it's not it's not pointless because you are still getting liquid to lips. Correct. But uh, at the same time, it's I'm gonna say pointless. I'm gonna say pointless. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll put, put it this way: I did a I did a tasting with a group. It's like fifty five people. On yeah. virtually, which is a lot. It's a shit ton. Went, went out well. I was surprised how well it went. At the same time, they bought over 20 bottles. That's great. Probably more like closer to 30 on e-commerce and a, not so legal commerce e-commerce. Mm-hmm. But they got it. Yeah, they got it. They got it. And you're like, well, that was worth it. Very, very much that worth it. That was very much worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And there are other ways for, for our brands to develop markets before we get there and that's exactly and that is is not my job right (laughs) my job is to develop a market where they can achieve purchase correct i I, I did an instagram live the other i think last week of our barrel samples i'm like hey i'm gonna taste our barrel samples out on instagram live that's really good and say like hey here's what we have to offer i talked about the notes it was like 30 minutes it went a little bit longer than initially in plan but i got a tasting out of it with a whiskey group who now is looking to buy a barrel like that's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for. And that's that was a half an hour of my time. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic time spent. Yeah, I, I, I doing do that. Think, yeah, it comes back onto the. Uh, dr- but go on. I'm I was sorry. doing that in, let's just say Omaha, where where mm-hmm. you're not yet in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Omaha, Omaha, <laughs> left, left. <laughs> Peyton Manning, everybody. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Ladies and gentlemen, Peyton Manning. Peyton Thank Manning. Um, Thank you. No, uh, doing that in a space where I, I, and not knowing where you guys fully are in the country mm-hmm. it's not time well spent oh key and like actually pretty big in norway we had a Bra- <laughs> key, we, we, we had a post in brazil today actually so that's huge, awesome. huge i was international. I, I'm, I'm thinking more brands though like oh, oh, oh. Like, like, <laughs> like like you know where where we are not <laughs> yeah yeah why why spend the product there we can get take an ad out on google we can take an ad out in whiskey advocate we can target our audiences based on oh, yeah. who's going to be drinking whiskey in those markets and then enter I think this makes more sense. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think, and that's, I think that's where this, that new system of transactions that I mentioned mm. plays a role because now, you know, when you have whiskey groups are now not just uh, restricted to just the Chicago Whiskey Club. It is now the Chicago Whiskey Club, but I happen to live in Milwaukee. Plus suburbs, yeah. I happen yeah. to live I'm in Nebraska. Taste, I'm doing a tasting in March you know? with a group, and I, I have 
lot of Chicago, but I have DC and yep. Seattle yeah. and New so York. So it's like, and... yeah, I mean, so now you're virtually, ev- you're global. You're mm-hmm. literally global mm-hmm. to a degree now where now it comes back to the one brands. Button. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. now, hey, we noticed that, you know, that uh, we're in that state, but we're not getting that much, you know, uh, pull through. You know, what do we do? It's like, get online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, get, get online, online and figure it out. Get it online get and see, online. figure You're it out. You're a distributor. Get online. Yeah. Yeah. Go, oh. your, go to your liquor store and say, hey, I want to buy this bottle. I can you, can you order it for Every me? single one. Special this order. This is really good. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, all liquor stores need is maybe two to three patrons on one brand. Oh, yeah. And they'll bring it on because yeah. that person is going to come back. Especially with they're part of a whiskey three. club that has hundreds of members. So there it's right go. there. I mean, that, that online reach is so pivotal right now. And yeah. I think we've exhausted the conversation at this point yeah. of it. A little bit. I mean, another thing that I would maybe like to add to just what we've done successfully is that we've uh, we, we've looked at at other brands that are compatible with with Uncle Nearest. We've looked at mainly mainly cigars. Oh. Um, uh one of our ambassadors w- was so key in how we developed our virtual world, how we ve- developed our virtu- our virtual um, personality and identity as ambassadors, not necessarily as a brand that had already been established. Mm-hmm. Um, but she really focused on cigars hmm. and that created something where once a week we can do something. And I think having that other anchor is really good, especially with younger brands. Yeah, you know, younger, absolutely. Y- younger brands telling because you can. Yeah, you can because the larger brands can't. They're no. too focused on consistently making what they've been making for the last two to th- one to two hundred years. Yeah. And, and I'll say yeah. it again. What, I agree. What let us do that as a as a smaller, mm-hmm. younger company was we were more nimble. We're mm-hmm. we're just more nimble than Beam or Brown yeah. or Pernod. Yeah, they have more people that they have to approve this with than Correct. we do. Yeah, so we are able to turn that around fast. You don't have a legal office to go through. We don't. No. Yeah, I mean, there's one, but it's a person. Right. It's a person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that has been to, I think, yeah. the smaller brands' benefit. The bigger brands are going to be fine. Yeah, as they, we see with their increase in fifty percent plus sales and totally. the off premise, like people love them. I yeah. love a lot of them. I'm, yeah. uh, this is not. Again, again, I'll say it's not an indictment, but one thing that's really helped for these smaller brands is that we've been able to get our our voices out a little louder yeah. than they have and faster and faster. I agree. It's a good way of. Uh, it's still personable. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Still very well, personable. We would not be successful yeah. if we were not. Personable. Again, I'll say authentic, but personable mm. is another word for that. Uh, honest is another word for that. Mm. Cool, Ooh, comfortable, real like, cool. Any any word like that cool. that in, that indicate some kind of comfort or easeability mm. is authenticity to me that's yeah. what it all translates to putting a name with the brand mm-hmm. i agree yeah. you're as we've reiterated so much on this podcast is that they are buying us as much as they are buying the brand yeah it's true um where can we find uncle nearest what's going up uh you can find uncle nearest this weekend which i think this will not air by then Ooh, uh, good point uh, but Fountainhead is is featuring a to-go cocktail. You can get your to-go cocktails at the Sophie Hotel or um, the Violet Hours nice. is doing a to-go cocktail right now. All right. Good for you. Yeah. Very nice. Um, and you can find me at the Whiskey Inn, the underscore Whiskey Inn on Instagram for any local Chicago 
virtual tastings because I am doing those. <laughs> he sure is. Uh, so please, I gotta, I gotta post more. I'm so bad at that. So great. Well, into your routine. Ian, we appreciate the time. Um, awesome conversation as always. Uncle Nearest, great brand. Everybody, go out there and check it out. Support mm-hmm. them. Oh, can I say one thing please. that Absolutely. I that I, I need to say? Uh, uh, 1884 is what I brought to sip on today, and that was curated by our master blender, Victoria Edie Butler, who is Uncle Nearest's great great granddaughter, and she just won Master Blender of, year, oh, of the that's Year right. at oh, cool. the Icon of Whiskey. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Callum lost out to the Icon Awards to his co worker, Gemma. So, Gemma. Callum, you're a loser. Uh, Ge- to Gemma? To Gemma. Gemma, okay, cool. Gemma. Yeah. There's a Jenna. There's a Jenna. There's a Jenna. M's, right? M. Oh, Jenna. Jenna is the Gems. overall pronoun. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, yeah, Gemma. Yeah. Gemma. Yes. One. Scotch ambassador. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ambassador of the year. Well, yeah. either way, Callum lost. Callum yeah. lost, but Gemma won, and congrats to Gemma and Victoria, and Victoria. won Blender of the Year, and we're really proud of her. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and I had to I had to throw that one out there. But you have to. Very yeah. cool. Have to. Um. Well, we'll be back. Uh, the week after this, and celebrating our two-year anniversary podcast we'll see what that looks like um it should be a fun time a few guests or so in the new international uh, headquarters uh recording studios of the podcast but um for wilson torres of union horse distilling co myself jay cookie of star award whiskey we appreciate your time and your ears please like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast at and also if you're willing write a comment good or bad yeah i agree cheers guys cheers mostly good (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> <it at> that. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>